What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau, the podcast where I, Cherie Laveau, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm diving into the real reality of my open letter to Andy Cohen. In this edition of my open letter segment, I address Andy Cohen directly about his less than astute approach to the handling of not only the racial biases and microaggressions that are continuously hailed across this franchise, but a seemingly overall lack of any apparent concern for the feelings of housewives of color in a general sense, especially when it's for the sake of shade or good TV. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, which has been especially triggering, is the latest example of the manipulation of a black woman's narratives for ratings without protecting her in the process while simultaneously ignoring the well-being of their audience of color. I'm diving into that, more examples from across the franchise, and a whole lot more. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. another special episode of the podcast i am back doing another open letter and this time instead of addressing a real housewife i'm going to be addressing andy cohen himself i think that with the recent real housewives of beverly hills reunion and andy's handling of housewives of color it's been a consistent issue over many years that I have now officially reached my limit on and the amount of ignorance I'm willing to sit and let another woman of color face on this network has officially depleted. I have hit the peak and my cup runneth over with the excuses and the lack of awareness and the lack of attention paid to the housewives of color and not only the housewives of color but the audience of color that watches this show i'm tired of watching a show that is supposed to be for all of us and that is supposed to be moving towards a a a more diverse audience by including housewives of color and being triggered i'm tired of tuning into to the real housewives of uh, and the Real Housewives are being triggered and I'm going to hold the man at the head of the Real Housewives table accountable. And that is Andrew Cohen. From the most recent experience when Andy refused to acknowledge how the real issue was Garcelle's book being thrown in the trash and and instead focusing on the recycling. Like, I don't understand how you sit here and have an entire segment about... These two women, Thelma and Louise, or as they posted, Donna Summer and Cher, 
Let's not remember. Let's not forget that. But y'all took a, but y'all took issue with me saying that Lisa Renna was in blackface, but yet nobody said anything about herself posting and calling herself Donna Summer in that same look that was blackface. You you show up to an to an event the exact same skin tone as your black co-star, and that is not how you wake up in the morning. That is blackface. But we could even go back to how would you give Crystal Kung Minkoff a question about an incident involving a black content creator and not even get the vantage point of the only black cast member in the room. You keep putting these women on these platforms and calling it diversity, but then you ignore the problems and the nuances that come with these women's experiences. And I'm tired of it. Especially when we just spent an entire segment watching Crystal Kung Minkoff be contradictory about a, situ- about a situation involving racially charged moments just before that. Clearly, Crystal is not the person to be the voice of racial affairs in the, in the 90210. I understand that Crystal was tagged in Diana's post. However, as Crystal keeps yelling about her experience, that was not her experience to speak to. And while Garcelle was not the black content creator that Dar- that Diana was speaking of, Garcelle as a black woman can more properly speak to the impact that a statement like it can't feel good being a black content creator can have on somebody who actually is a black content creator. I'll speak to it as myself, a black content creator. The shit sounds racist. How is it that Diana can have an awareness about the dark web, but not understand how something she says can come off as racially biased and insensitive at the very least? And at the very surface, and it's in and in its most apparent form, blatantly racist. This statement comes from someone who accused Sutton of being clumsy with her words, yet used a moment of intentional bullying to double down on someone being called a cunt on national television, a word that has been hailed as one of the worst things that you can call a woman on this very same show. Why was that never mentioned? We can also go to the BS statement of Andy condoning the fans and the bots on behalf of himself and the network and saying that he doesn't approve of any of the shit that's gone down on or off of the show when it comes to racism and these attacks on people or their children after you sat here and blatantly questioned why Lisa Renna would speak out about Garcelle's son being attacked racially and being sent death threats. How does that make sense? If that's not a slap in the face to Garcelle and every black housewife as well as every single black person watching this show, I don't know what is. He even started the statement by saying something along the lines of, by the way, or I just want to say, condoning racism, death threats, or bullying 
is not a throwaway remark, Andrew. You don't start a statement where somebody's life is being threatened, somebody's race is being attacked, somebody's child is being threatened. You don't start a statement like that where you tell the American public or anybody watching this show across the world that this action is wrong by flippantly prefacing it with, by the way, or I'm just saying, that's not something you just casually put out as a throwaway remark in the midst of a reunion. On top of everything else, the editing of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion feels extremely manipulative. I feel like production is utilizing the pain of this woman, Garcelle Bouvet, in a highly toxic, racist, and aggressively hostile situation without actually and adequately acknowledging the issues causing this woman's pain. We are not talking about the racism. We are not talking about the fact that this woman's work is being disrespected. We're not talking about the fact that her son's life is being threatened. Yet we're talking about recycling. We're talking about penciling out Diana's name because she allegedly got death threats. But I'll get to that that in just a minute. The amount of restraint that this woman is showing in these episodes is genuinely painful for me to watch. To watch Garcelle sit here and console herself, to sit here and hold herself in these moments where these women are allowed to gab at length about insignificant bullshit surrounding her being directly attacked is not only disrespectful, but it's genuinely painful because you see her containing herself with my assumptions being her restraining to keep her anger from being focused on instead of further diverting from the true issue, which is her son being attacked. For Kyle to make any sense of Diana's side when it came to her name being attached to a death threat aimed at her child was gross by itself. Diana would have never been receiving these alleged death threats had her name not been attached to what Jax to what Jax received. Stick to the point. At the end of the day, you know what? The reason why I say alleged is because I haven't seen any evidence of her receiving death threats. Who I'm talking about is Diana Jenkins. But what I have seen evidence of is this same woman, Diana Jenkins, sending a threatening text message to Garcelle Bouvet while she simultaneously tried to brag about conducting an investigation that was supposed to be about helping Garcelle's son. That in itself was a clear display that her her conducting this alleged investigation was more about clearing her name, which was already muddy when she came into this show to start with. But for Kyle to even try to insert herself again to try to justify something that is blatantly just wrong, shows that you are continuously willing to minimize the severity of this issue 
just to try to talk about anything but race and racism. Why is Diana and her safety more important than Jax's safety and Jax's well-being being put at risk with her name being attached to it in the first place? This is not a chicken or the egg situation. Had Diana's name not been attached to these death threats, there would have never been a reason for Jax to post any fucking thing. And now Diana is allegedly receiving death threats. Yet you want to talk about that, but you don't want to talk about Diana's name being attached to the death threats and the racist remarks being aimed at Garcelle's child. Just like you didn't want to talk about how wrong Erica telling a 14-year-old boy to fuck off was. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. Yet, y'all are confused and everybody seemed to react like it was just some crazy allegation for Garcelle to think... For, for Garcelle to say that she thought that there was a plot to get her off of this show. So she thought that ve- that it could very well come from somebody within this cast. Yet the way that she, her storyline, and the issues that directly involve her are being handled on this show lead not just her to come to that same conclusion. But I'll move on. Let's talk about Andy accusing Chris Samuels of not making a substantial amount of money comparable comparable to when he was in comparable to when he was in the NFL simply because he wasn't playing anymore. What white housewife has Andy ever assumed was doing worse because they were not in the peak of their career anymore? Would he accuse Ken Todd of not doing as well because Ken doesn't spend every day pumping elbow grease into Sir or into Villa Rosa or into uh, the La Blanca? Excuse me. Monique came on the show with four homes, and we're and we're actively thriving upon entry onto the show. Yet seasons later, you think in your mind to question her financial status and her husband's earning potential? Why would you not assume that someone like Chris Samuels invested well or had multiple businesses? Just because they don't mention it on the show doesn't lead you to at least question what Chris did after retirement? You immediately think there's no way he's making the same amount of money just because he's not tossing a ball anymore. I wonder why. That speaks to the complexities and nuances that the black man is only good for the entertainment of white people. That speaks to if a black man is not singing on a stage, rapping, dancing, throwing a ball, that he is useless to society in America because he is not putting his self, his life, his freedom on the line for the entertainment of the white man. But yet y'all don't want to have that conversation. Just like y'all don't want to have the conversation about colorism that surrounds the entire Potomac franchise in general. It's unrelenting. 
and how lighter skinned women on the show are hailed and praised as shady and hilarious while women like Candace are consistently drenched in negative review solely based on their behavior on social media. And I'll get to her behavior on social media in just a minute because while I believe in standing up in the fairness when it comes to to the treatment of black women, I, I also believe in holding everyone accountable. So I will be going on both sides of this coin in this conversation. But her performance on the show by itself far exceeds those of any season of the Green Eyed Bandits that receive adulation and applause. Giselle is hazed as, as the queen bee. She's hailed as the queen bee of this show. Word on the street, all that shit. But yet she has done worse things than Candace has ever done on this show. And when it comes to Candace's behavior specifically on this show, all we can talk about is Candace defending herself. When have you ever seen Candace specifically go after somebody and maliciously attack someone in the same viciousness or with the same vitriol that she has defended herself when somebody has tried to come at her on this show? Let's just state the facts as what they are. She has better reads than anyone on that show. She has quicker comebacks and she looks flawless. Put flawlessly put together all while doing it based on what you guys consider to make a stellar housewife on television candace has continued to excel what you guys continue to perpetuate other women for less like megan the stallion said y'all praising bitches that's doing the minimum You sit here and hail Giselle who can't get a good piece of fashion if somebody from the house themselves came and put it on her. Continues to wear hair that looks like it came out of a wig collection from the 1980s as the queen of this show. Yet somebody who continues to look flawless on this show and continues to excel in reading, in entertainment value, having a personal storyline, having a family dynamic that uh, that is also just as entertaining as her group dynamic. As less than and deserving to be fired because she is able to verbally take down and ruffle the feathers of every single one of those cast members. Hmm. I wonder why. I I wonder why. Now, when it comes to her social media, the only thing that I am willing to hold Candace to that is unforgivable is wishing death on someone. Rest in peace to the former head of Black Socialites. But... Giselle has less than arguably done worse things on the show for us to spectate about than Candace has with that one isolated incident. We can sit here and question the severity of Candace's actions on the show with the, with the severity of Giselle's actions on the show. 
Let's talk about Giselle's actions on the show. Questioning the paternity of someone's child. Even if it was never explicitly said on the show, we know that this is an edited program. So everything that is filmed is not everything that is aired. We already know that. That is not an excuse that just because it wasn't said on the show that was aired on television doesn't mean that it was not said on camera. Which is why Giselle never denied that there was a plot point. She only said that it never aired on the show or that it was never said on the show, right? And Candace confirmed that there was a plot to bring this exact storyline on the show on her live on Instagram, which was never aired in the reunion in the attempt to take Monique Samuels down when they showed her and Chris's live when he had a less than classy moment that was attempted to be turned into transphobia. Chris Samuels is not transphobic. I have seen Chris Samuels explain that moment and what he was trying to say. He misspoke and dead named Caitlyn Jenner, which was a less than um, correct moment. I hold him accountable for that. He did dead name Caitlyn Jenner. But however, if we get to the get to the logistics of what he said, what he was trying to do was analogize himself to being a woman, knowing that he is a man, and put himself in the same vein as these women. What he was doing was actually validating the existence of trans women as cis women by comparing them as equally viable to slap the shit out of a cis woman. He put cis women and trans women on the same playing field. But y'all want to sit here and take it as him being transphobic because he accidentally dead named Caitlyn Jenner. Pay attention because what y'all didn't pay attention to was Andy glossing over the fact that Giselle tried to bring security to imply that because Chris made an analogy to being a trans woman, he is somehow now dangerous to these women. Therefore, painting a black man in an aggressive light to the masses for little to nothing in a social environment where black men are arrested and or killed for simply being black. Pay attention to what is happening. Just because this is an all-black franchise does not mean that there are intersectional issues that go on within the black community that lead to racism leaking into the fandom of this show from the outside. Just like when Kenya did the same thing to Ross in Atlanta by calling him aggressive for defending his wife while simultaneously saying she wished that she had a man there to do the exact same for him or or for her rather excuse me why did chris not get that same awareness y'all address that at the reunion in atlanta why did chris not get that same awareness explain that to me because you were trying to paint the entire Samuels family as violent since the fight happened that season and the footage and coverage was simultaneously consistently manipulated to gaslight Monique into being the aggressor when she was one, equally guilty of not de-escalating the situation, but was also defending herself in the fight. 
let's break that down. If we're going to debate semantics, it was Candace's hand being too close to Monique's face that caused the hair flip, which simultaneously led to the instantaneous spiral. Both of them had a responsibility to de-escalate that situation and walk away. I hold both women accountable for that situation. However, the coverage of that fight was painted to make Monique the aggressor when she would not have escalated it any further than she had to the point of physical contact had her space not been invaded with Candace's hand. A point which was proven by the editors at that reunion. So if you want to disagree with me, go back and watch all of the coverage from the editor's perspective on that reunion where they where they prove everything that Monique said over the course of the season was true. And as the women try to gaslight her further into, into, into believing that her experience didn't happen, the editors prove everything that she said was true. But I'll move on and let you do your research on that. Clock your references, children. I'll move on to the biggest blunder of all for me when it comes to handling black women in the HCU, Ebony K. Williams. She was set up to come into a group of older, less than modern-minded women and wave her finger about race because... Let's be honest, they were not going to assert themselves enough to adequately have the awareness nor the genuine care or thought process to discuss the social uprising that we were living in in that time. Had there not been a black woman on that show, that season of New York would have gone on without any mention of Black Lives Matter. And I am willing to put money on that. But... As a woman who was already unfamiliar to the group, on a television level, let's just speak about the HCU here. From a television perspective, as a woman being being introduced to a friend group on a television show who, who did not have any experience with any of the women who she was getting ready to come into contact with, including the woman who was bringing her into contact with these women, it was already a setup for failure. Race aside. Race aside, take take the issue of race out of it. Where in your friend group do you let a new bitch come in your circle and tell you how you should be doing things? Where in your group of friends do you let a new bitch that don't know you come into your friend group and tell you how your friend group that's already been established should be running? Okay then. But to couple that with the proverbial wagging of the finger being about something as intense as racism, a subject I'm sure most, if not all of the women on that show at that point have never or have never or recently at all bridged an educational conversation nor dive into their own personal research over. I don't think that before... Ebony brought that conversation to the fro- to, to the forefront. I don't think that any of those women had nor would have brought this conversation to the light again. Like I said, I truly believe that had Ebony not been on that show, that season would have gone on with no mention of Black Lives Matter. 
and the only trigger point of that season would have been Ramona's lie about donating blood plasma. So, how do you expect white women, a couple of which who are already hailed as Karens or Karen-like, to receive a black woman coming into essentially teach them how to act around black people. How would you expect those women to receive that? You tell me, no matter how well-intentioned Ebony was, there was no way to make that happen, happen positively, especially with her being so new to the cast. And then on top of that, her being aligned with a white woman Leah McSweeney, who categorically used Ebony, her experience, the Black Lives Matter movement, and the sensitive times that we are in and were at a peak in at that time to not at all bring awareness to the issues, but to pin her co-stars to the worst labels possible to make herself look better on TV and to try to position her co-stars as being labeled as racist. And at the very least, people who didn't give a fuck about COVID. That in itself is racist behavior. That in itself is racist behavior. It's utilizing the black narrative to try to create selective outrage to the black viewers that watch this show yet are underrepresented and are being negatively represented with the manipulated edit that they are giving Ebony K. Williams on that season. Coupled with Leah joining those same co-stars to try to take down to try to take down using Ebony's actual experience to refuse to come to an agreement on her return. Ebony blatantly said that Sonia Morgan was the only person on that show who was willing to come to the table and work out a way for Ebony to positively coexist on that show because the network and the production company wanted her to continue on that show. But none of the women, including Leah McSweeney, were willing to come to the table to try to figure out how to bridge the gap between those two points of view. And I say those two because all of the white women on that show, with the exception of Sonya Morgan, seemed to have an aligned point of view. And Ebony was the only one who seemed to differentiate from that line of thinking. That, to me, is the ultimate Karen move, if you ask me. That move that Leah McSweeney did, bringing Leah onto the show to try to position herself as the ultimate anti-Karen, yet seeming to be a Karen apologist by the way that she manipulated her storyline to try to not bring any awareness. She's an anti-ally. This shit like this is why black people automatically think that, that you're racist when you as a white person say you have black friends. Because of shit like what Leah McSweeney did to Ebony, black people who hang with her this is just my suggestion to you. I think you should question your choice of the token white girl that you have in your group. 
I'm just saying. Now, in saying all of this, I acknowledge that Andy Cohen is not solely responsible for the individual actions of these women on these shows. He is, however, placed at the head of the housewives table that I spoke about earlier. And as, and as executive producers of these shows, we can't sit here and listen to him tease the upcoming seasons, talking about the dailies that he's watching and not hold him accountable when these women and their actions make it to air and he's seen the footage that we have seen, are about to see, and have not seen. The excuse of him being a white person, one second. The excuse of him being a white person and not knowing any better is void. It's time up for that shit. And let me tell you why. As someone who is in a position of power, it is your responsibility to protect not only these women, but the audience that you have cultivated from the toxicity you continue to allow to be splashed across our spring to be splashed across our screens like another attempt at selective outrage for ratings. He should know better and he should be the first person in these sensitivity trainings and social awareness meetings, especially as someone who is positioned season after season as the mediator and facilitator of reconciliation and acknowledgement of the show's issues at these reunions. Someone who proudly proclaims to enjoy being messy may not be the best choice to conduct a ponderosa on the real issues of these franchises. There seems to be a clear focus on the bullshit and the lackluster fodder than the focus on the reality of what's happening on these shows. And I'm tired of Andy and Bravo responding to these incidents retroactively. It's been time. It's been time for them to care just as much about the diversity of the fan bases and all of our feelings and not catering to the desires of the white folks in middle America that he created this show for. There needs to be just as much focus on the diversity within the fan base that watches this show as there is with the attempt to perpetuate diversity within the fan base or within the casting of these shows. These performative statements and acts of kindness you throw our community when shit gets sticky in the media does nothing when you try to prevent the shit from happening in the future. When you don't try to prevent this shit from happening in the future. How many apologies do you expect us to accept and move on with when there seems to be no attempt to stop this shit from happening in the future? I am no longer willing to, to accept another apology for some racist shit happening on another Bravo show or another Housewives show when there have been so many instances that there could be an entire never-before-seen episode of just racist shit that happens on Housewives. Now, I know that I have not spoken to all of the racist incidents that have gone on with this franchise and with this entity as a whole. 
but I am specifically speaking on the black women that stick out to me and the and the situations that have been most traumatizing to me in this franchise because that is the experience that I know best. And while black people are not a monolith, the black experience is something that is a very nuanced and similar situation that if you are a black person in America, you tend to recognize the similarities in the experiences and the reaction tends to be just as adjacent. Just like if you step on someone's toe, no matter who it is, they're going to say, ouch. If you do something racist and in congruence to African-American people, black people are going to be offended. At least in the majority. So, in saying that, I would love to speak to the experience and I would love to hear about the experience of all of the other problematic housewives situations that have affected Asian housewives, Hispanic housewives, etc. I would love to hear from all of the listeners of my podcast from various different races and tell me about all of the situations that you've noticed as a person of color from your vantage point about how Housewives has failed to protect you as a viewer of this show yet still continue to cater to the white people that this show was created for. And we could go on about all of the other problematic things that they have allowed to go on on this franchise outside of just specifically racism. I could do a whole episode talking about Carlton Jebbia and her religious practices being attacked by the women on the show simply because the word witch was attached to her religious beliefs. I get that anti-Semitism is specifically related to, to the Jewish faith. But however, that seems very anti-religious to me. That seems very anti-Semitic uh, um, leaning, if you ask me. I could go on forever about that. So on and so forth. There have been so many situations where there's been a conscious lack of awareness because of the societal nor- normalization of things like Christianity, white privilege, microaggressions, the culture of people of color being a joke and not something that is labeled as being racist because it was held in the veil of comedy. It's time up for this shit. And the person who created this franchise and who was at the head of everything revolving around it Andy Cohen is the face of Housewives no matter which one of these cast members you try to put as the queen bee Nene Bethany Lisa Vanderpump Karen Huger whoever all of those women are princesses to the queen that is Andy Cohen and I feel like it is time to hold this queen accountable. Because y'all allowed him to get away with the mistreatment of Kathy Griffin. I'll never forget that and I'll never let him slide for that. He allowed 
that woman to be publicly shamed. He disrespected her verbally by trying to be funny, shady, and petty with an, with an entire Mariah Carey, I don't know her act. When she did nothing but exercise her freedom of speech. Yet because you were given her job and Anderson Co- Cooper is a, is allegedly your best friend, now all of a sudden you want to try to play housewives and be shady and petty. But yet you expect us to believe any statement from you when it comes to the unfair treatment of the women on your shows today? You have to excuse me for being less than receptive. But I do believe that there needs to be some serious changes. And I believe that those changes start with Andy Cohen. That's all I have to say. All right, everybody, that was my open letter to Andy Cohen about his mishandling of Housewives of Color across the Real Housewives franchise. I hope you guys took the time to genuinely listen to all of my points thoroughly and truly came into this episode with the intentions to listen and understand the perspectives of people of color when it comes to not only a viewer watching this franchise but the housewives who are subjected to these to these issues and these situations on several different franchises i hope that you came into it with the true intentions to listen and learn instead of listening to respond and discredit the perspectives and the experience and the nuances that are attached to being a person of color within not only this fan base but within this franchise as an on-air personality i am willing to have a equally deep dialogue with anybody who feels strongly enough to want to have a conversation about this episode if you yourself have strong feelings in either direction about this episode of this podcast and want to come on to discuss your feelings about the points that i've made hit me in my dms go to real reality realness on instagram and send me a message and let me know that you want to come on and talk about this episode specifically hit me in the comments of the post about this episode and let me know that you want to come on and talk about the things that I talked about in this episode and the points that I made. Because I think that I gave enough examples from enough franchises to at least start a conversation, if not directly prove my point. So, with that being said, make sure you guys go and find all things Cherie Laveau. Real Reality Realness and Housewives History with Megan and Cherie at my personal Instagram at Cherie Laveau. Go click the link in the bio. Also, go to Real Reality Realness on Instagram and click the link in the bio. You'll find all the information that you need to find there. So, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you do all of the things that the thing the thing the things across both podcasts and my YouTube channel. 
subscribe, hit the notification bell, like, do all of the things, give me a five-star rating. And until next time, be real, stay in reality, and make sure to always bring the realness. I am Cherie Laveau. This is Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you, bye. Peace.